The New Orleans Saints and Michigan defensive tackle Mozzie Smith seem like they're almost too much of an obvious pairing, but that doesn't mean that it's the wrong decision. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me Tuesdays on Locked on NFL and here with you every single Monday through Friday of Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we are brought to you today by Ultimate Pro Football GM. If you ever dreamed of being an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, and this is the mobile game for you. And if you check it out today by downloading it at your app store, you can use the promo code Locked On for a full-on in-game bonus. Make sure you check that out. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But on today's episode, we're taking a look at uh, a couple of our just, you know, Friday normals here. We're going to go to In Case You Missed It, get you all caught up on the Saints visits, as well as an inside look at their potential draft plans in 2023. Uh, we're going to do our FanDuel Friday question today. Will Derek Carr throw for more or less than 4,000 passing yards? But first, the New Orleans Saints and Michigan defensive tackle Mozzie Smith seemed like a match made in heaven in the first round of this year's NFL draft. Seems like the safest selection for the Saints at that spot, particularly at that position. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad decision. Think back to just a few years ago, the New Orleans Saints and Sheldon Rankins, when they drafted him out of Louisville early on in that first round. One of the things that you constantly heard was that Sheldon Rankins was the, quote, safe pick for the Saints that year. But that didn't stop them from making that selection. Doesn't mean that it was a bad pick, just meant that it was the one that brought some floor or high floor of success being guaranteed. So I did another mock draft, and this time I want to give a big shout out to uh, our good friend It's Poppy 504 over on YouTube and Corey uh, for that shout out for uh, giving us the idea of a Frenzy Friday. So Frenzy Friday starting off with another mock draft. We know it's mock draft season out here, so I'm trying to give you as much I can, as much as I can on a bunch of different prospects to get you ready for the draft. So this gives us another opportunity to do that with the leadoff being Mozzie Smith and the New Orleans Saints making a ton of sense and why the Saints should still make sure that they invest in Felix and Yudike Uzama, the uh, edge rusher out of Kansas State, who I did a full episode's worth breakdown of in yesterday's episode. So here's a look at my most recent mock draft over at Pro Football Focus that starts off at pick 29 with Mozzie Smith. We'll circle back to him. We've also got at pick 40 in the second round uh, Felix Anudike uh, Uzama, who I was able to grab at 40. To me, that's an absolute steal. Now, one thing that I will mention is that the Saints have not drafted a player from the Big 12 since the 2014 NFL draft. That was uh, offensive lineman Tavon Rooks, who was also from Kansas State. The year before that, they, of course, took Kenny Stills out of Oklahoma. So this would be the first time that the Saints would draft a Big 12 prospect since then. We follow up in round three, pick 71 with wide receiver Rashi Rice, who was amazing out at the Senior Bowl 
good speed, good size, all the things that you're looking for could be another quintessential sort of big bodied receiver for you here in this offense. Pick 98 in pit in round three was a trade up that I did with the Cleveland Browns to get Chandler Zavala, who has not allowed but just four pressures over 422 pass blocking snaps in 2022. He was an easy decision. At pick 123, I traded up by trading uh, 145 and a fifth round from next year to get TCU running back Kendra Miller, somebody that the Saints have visited with. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. He can be a little bit of a bell cow for you as well. Does a lot of different things really well. So I really like Kendra Miller as a good fit. And then I traded both of my round seven picks to just move up to the bottom of round six so that I can grab safety slash linebacker Marte Mapu. Now, this is a guy out of Sacramento State that I like a ton in the late round. Stands about six foot two, 208, 210 pounds. If you can bulk him up into the 220, 230 pound range, which will take some time, but that's okay. This is a six round selection. No need for hurry in this. Um, all of a sudden, he's basically the same measurables, but maybe a little bit taller than DeMarco Jackson. And this is a guy that has made plays all over the field, playing at safety, covering tight ends in man coverage, as well as dropping back in zone. We saw him do both of those things at the Senior Bowl, him dropping back, reading the quarterback's eyes and getting a pass breakup on a tight end, him covering Eric Gray, the Oklahoma running back out of the backfield and then knocking a pass down from there. Um, consistent with his pass breakups, I believe it's seven total interceptions throughout his career. But you look at him as somebody that could potentially make the move from safety to linebacker, and he's just a big time film study grinder. He was told 10 years ago by Junior Seau when he asked him, how can I get better? Junior Seau told him, you can do all the things you want on the field, but film study is the most important part. And since then, Marte Mavu has turned into a film study junkie and is basically the lead kind of teacher for the players along his roster. Sacramento State had never won a postseason game until this past year when they beat Richmond. They would go on to uh, drop the game 66 to 63 against Incarnate Wood, Lindsey Scott Jr., former LSU quarterback there. Uh, but he was the core leader for that team to bring them to their first ever postseason win. Big time film study guy, the guy that everyone came to to learn more. You get a player like that with all of those intangibles, as well as the tangibles that he has. In terms of being a fluid athlete, in terms of being, you know, uh, having a good body size for the position, in terms of being able to translate into that linebacker role and be a coverage guy, lots of things to like about Marte Mapu late or on in the draft. The next thing I want to do is go back up to the top here. We're discussing Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. I, I really think like this, the Saints have done, was it a pre-draft? Yeah, they did a pre-draft visit with him, like a top 30 visit with him, I believe. Um, they know that defensive tackle is a spot that they want to address. They need another big bodied guy that can be disruptive in the pass game, but also bring you value in the run game. And I think Mozzie Smith kind of checks all of those boxes. And you might say, well, you could probably get him in the second round. But oftentimes, as we've sort of seen, you know, mock draft after mock draft after mock draft, which are in, in no, no way at all uh, a reflection of reality in terms of what the NFL draft is actually going to turn out to be. but you know, if you're you're talking about a second guy who's a second round grade, well, everybody after the 15th selection effectively is a second round grade. So drafting him at 29 is not a reach. You're drafting second round prospects from about 16 on. In in my book, in this year's draft, it's really from about 13 on. Like there's really only 12 first round graded players for me in this year's draft. I'll give you my big board uh, here in about a week. And so Mozzie Smith to me at 29 makes perfect sense. 
and you can trade back if you want to, and maybe you can move back into the low 30s, 33, 34, 35 if you decide to trade back, which we know the New Orleans Saints aren't keen to do. They don't do it very often. But if you grab him at 29 and then leave all of your possibilities open at 40 still, you have a really good opportunity there. And so me being able to go back to back defensive into your defensive line, Mozzie Smith, and then being able to address the edge rusher position um, at 40 with Felix and Udike uh, Uzama, and then being able to grab a guard in Chandler Zavala, that to me checks all the boxes of the biggest needs for the New Orleans Saints in this year's draft. Then I was still able to go wide receiver, still able to go running back, still able to add a linebacker. I know he's designated as a safety here in Martu Mapu, but he's he's going to be a linebacker very likely at the next level. To me, this is a win. Like This is my favorite mock draft that I've done so far, especially with these top four selections. So I, really top five, so like really all six. I mean, I love these selections. So uh, this is where I think the Saints can go right in this year's draft. Now, whether or not they go this route, we'll see. But I, I do think that even though Mozzie Smith makes almost too much sense, quote unquote, for the New Orleans Saints, doesn't mean that he's a bad way to lead off the draft by any means. So I like him a lot at 29 and then being able to move on from there. So that's probably my the most what would Ross do mock draft that I've done so far as opposed to playing around with a bunch of different scenarios and things like that. That's probably my like, here's the Ross Jackson version 1.0 mock draft. Uh, of the season. So that's that for you. Coming up next, we're going to get to FanDuel Friday, our big question of the week uh, this week. Will Derek Carr throw for more or less than 4,000 yards? I'll tell you why he can, but then I'll tell you why he might not. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode of Locked on Saints, brought to you by our friends over at Ultimate Pro Football GM, my absolute favorite mobile game out there. Kyle Krabs over at Locked on Dolphins, Locked on NFL Scouting is in year like 2170 with the Carolina Panthers and has still not been able to win a Super Bowl with them just yet. Last that I heard, not very surprised by that. Uh, but, but I mean, it's just an example of how deep you can get into this game and how much fun it really, really, really is. It's entirely offline. So you can play it anytime, anywhere, uh, phone, you know, on airplane mode or not, doesn't matter. You have access to the entire game, no timeouts, no waiting for things to refresh after you do certain actions or anything like that. And it's entirely free to play. So make sure you go and check it out today. And if you want a 100%, uh, uh, free boost to your franchise, you're going to use the promo code. Uh, locked on. That's in all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in the game store. And to find the app, just head over to ultimate-gm.com or search ultimate pro football GM in your app store today. And don't forget that promo code locked on for that 100% boost to your franchise uh, in the game store. Start your dynasty today. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Uh, will Derek Carr throw for more or less than 4,000 and a half yards is the FanDuel line. We're going to discuss that today. Make sure you come back for Monday's episode as well. Mock Draft Monday, getting you all taken care of. And hey, if you haven't joined the subtext yet, make sure you head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. One-on-one conversations with me, a bunch of different stuff in terms of uh, you know inside looks. We have a circle of trust there. So we've got some interesting things that float around. In terms of all that as well, you can find the link in the description, no matter where you're watching or listening as well. But once again, that is joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. All right. So um, looking at the sort of line here for Derek Carr, when it comes to his passing props, this is over at 
FanDuel, both the over and the under are at minus 112. So they see both of these as just as likely as one another. Minus 112 means you bet $112, you would win $100. So that's kind of what you're looking at here. So um, they kind of go either way on this. So the idea is, will he throw for 3,000? Will he throw for 4,000 yards or will he throw for 4,001 yards? That's your over, that's your under. So let's break down what that actually means, like what we're asking for on a per game basis in that case. Let's say you're taking the over at 4,001 yards or more. 4,001 yards over the course of 17 games, remember it's 17 game season now, 235 yards per game. Do you think that Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints can average around 235 passing yards per game with Derek Carr at quarterback? So that's going to be a little bit of a caveat we'll get to here in a moment. Um, in order to get this, if you feel like Derek Carr can easily average 235 passing yards per game, then great. Do you feel like he can make it 17 games is a big question, especially understanding the Saints injury history as of late. Now, Derek Carr curbs that injury history a little bit, right? He's only missed four games in his entire career, two of which because the Raiders screwed everything up with him last year. But then the other two were due to injury, one in each, you know, one in different seasons. And then he ended up missing uh, the playoffs, uh, a playoff game for a different game. So I think. When you look at sort of just his track record as a healthy player, he's been a a, a remarkably healthy player. Hopefully that remains here in New Orleans, but maybe your questions aren't around injuries, aren't really around Derek Carr. Maybe they're around New Orleans. And I would understand that, especially watching both the Saints and Pelicans dealing with injury issues. So 235 yards per game, how hard is that really to get to? Let's look at Andy Dalton in 2022. He threw for 2,000. 871 games, 2,871 2871 yards in 14 games, which means that he averaged 205 yards, passing yards per game. So do you think A, Derek Carr will stay healthy and play all 17 games? And do you think B, he can average more than 30 yards per game than Andy Dalton did in his 14 games last year? And C, here's the other caveat, you're not just looking at the health of Derek Carr, you're looking at the health of other players. Chris Olave missed two games last year. Will he play 15 games or more this year? Michael Thomas only got through three games last year. Can he play 15 or more games in 2023? If you look at what Michael Thomas did over the course of those three games that he appeared, 57 yards per game, if you take that and build it out over the course of 15 games, that's 855 yards, not bad. If you look at Chris Olave, 69 and a half yards per game, nice. Uh, over 15 games. That's what he did last year, 1,042 yards. So that gives you less than 2,000 yards between the two. Then you add in Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid is an interesting one to try to project because he had like 490 or so receiving yards last year, but he only appeared in 10 games. And so if you think about it, and then you do the same thing with him, and you look at you know, how much, how many receiving yards did he have uh, per game last year? And then extrapolate that over the course of 17 games, or we can just play it safe and say, you know, 15 games as well. I'm going to go ahead and do that math now. But he averaged in terms of yards per game last year, 40.7 yards per game. So we'll just call it 41 yards per game. So let's do that over the course of, let's say 15 games, just to play it conservative, right? So you're looking at 615 yards in that case. So then if you add that in with another 1,042-yard season for Chris Olave and then an 855-yard season for Michael Thomas, that gives you 2,500 yards, basically. 2,512 is what it gives you. So now where are you getting the remaining 1,500 yards to get to, to, to 4,012 yards? 
Well, a couple of different places for you to find it. Juwan Johnson, 500 yards. He had about 490 last year, or he had just over 500 last year. I think that's a pretty safe bet that you can get that again. So we'll add that in. We'll call that 500 yards from Juwan Johnson. Again, we'll go conservative in terms of finding these numbers. Then Alvin Kamara had 490 receiving yards last year at running back. So let's just say that the Saints go for 500 receiving yards to running backs as a whole in 2023, which would be low. That would be a, a, a lesser amount than what they usually do. I think you look at um, you know, what Jamal Williams can bring there. We'll see how long Alvin Kamara is out. Eno Benjamin can receive out of the backfield. I think you have to draft a running back that can catch out of the backfield as well to help cover for Alvin Kamara for any amount of games that might be missed. We're watching Marcus May's trial continuously pushed and continued. Will the same thing happen with Alvin Kamara's trial? We'll see. It's not scheduled for another couple of months until like July 31st. So we'll have to wait and see. And then last year, Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, Jarvis Landry, and Adam Troutman all combined for 915 yards. So if you add in that 900, let's just call it 900 yards on top of that, you're at 4,412 yards. You've got 400 yards to give up and say that it doesn't happen somewhere. That means that effectively, Derek Carr could miss a game and still go over 4,000 yards. He technically could miss two games, have one really good game where he goes over 400 yards, let's say, and then all of a sudden he's still in that 4,000 yard category or 4,000 plus yard category. So I do think you're safe in taking the over. The biggest question mark around all of it and why I wouldn't blame anybody for taking the under is injury. Can everybody stay healthy in New Orleans for a change? That's going to be one of the biggest storylines that we're going to be following all throughout the year. This could be another situation where you've got a great team on paper. You've got a new leader at quarterback. You've got somebody that's adjusting to the offense, but it's not super different than anything that he's done before. You've got a quarterback that's now able to make pre-snap designations, calls, checks, things like that. And you have somebody that you trust and that's going to utilize running backs out of the backfield, which I don't think is a bad thing. It's there for you for a reason. Use it. Um, That's going to you know, hopefully have more weapons. It's going to have Michael Thomas back and a healthy Michael Thomas, but can Michael Thomas stay healthy? Can the Saints keep Derek Carr's healthy streak going? Can Chris Olave stay on the field? He wants to bulk up, so it's probably likely. Bleacher Report thinks that Chris Olave is going to lead the league in receiving yards next year. If that happens, then I think you smash the over when it comes to Derek Carr uh, over 4,000.5 receiving yards, but that's the big, or, or, or passing yards. So that's a big question that you're asking. Does he have the weapons to get it done? Absolutely. Can all of them stay healthy? There's the caveat. Coming up next, in case you missed it, getting you all caught up on every one of these visits that the Saints have had so far this week, as well as a little bit of an inside look, thanks to ESPN's Jordan Reed, uh, on the New Orleans Saints draft plan, some of which I can confirm for you too. So we got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Hoot at Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at our In Case You Missed It uh, piece, which you do every single Friday. Make sure you're all caught up on all the biggest stories around the New Orleans Saints uh, from the week. Now, it's been a relatively quiet week for the New Orleans Saints. There's just been a lot of draft stuff. Uh, it was pretty cool to see like some players head over to Africa for the uh, flag, uh, flag football uh, 2023 um, event that they had going on, stuff like that. But in terms of things that are happening that impact the New Orleans Saints going into next year, um, the visits have really been the biggest part of the week. So let's start with the visits here. Uh, Zach Evans has been brought or was uh, had a private meeting with the New Orleans Saints. That's a running back from uh, Mississippi. 
he's coming in at you know somebody that's maybe like a third or a fourth round selection um a little bit more versatile than let's say um a uh a Dwayne McBride who doesn't really give you much as a as a receiver out of the backfield things like that but still gives you a little bit of speed still gives you a little bit of burst as well comes in a little bit undersized of what the Saints usually like at running back but not too bad at all so uh Zach Evans absolutely somebody to watch but they had a meeting with him they also did private workouts with Keandre Coburn, the defensive tackle out of Texas, who's about a fifth round prospect, a guy that I continuously call first team all culture, really fantastic personality, kind of like Marte Mapu, who we talked about earlier in terms of having like this really awesome like leadership qualities, all that other stuff. So him and Mauro Ajomo, both defensive tackles coming out of Texas are names to watch for the Saints. Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee, who's actually a first round prospect. Um, that's interesting because they've also met with Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle out of Maryland. So could they be looking at potentially if a tackle is there at the right time to take them so that you have yourself covered in case Trevor Penning can't stay healthy, in case Ryan Ramchick can't stay healthy. That's certainly a spot to to keep an eye out on. But the Saints looking at some highly ranked prospects when it comes to that. So that's a little bit concerning because I would like to see them not spend a first round pick on a on a tackle on the offensive side. I would love to see them spend it on a tackle on the defensive side or maybe even a guard uh, if you're going offensive line. But we'll discuss that here in a moment. They also did a private workout with two UCLA prospects. First of all, running back Zach Charbonnet, and then secondly, quarterback Damian, uh, oh, sorry, Durian Thompson Robinson. DTR, a quarterback that a lot of folks are excited about. I'm not one of them. Uh, I think he's probably like a sixth, seventh round UDFA primary you know, priority free agent type of guy that I don't necessarily fully see panning out in the NFL, but certainly we'll see. I didn't see Brock Purdy panning out in the NFL, but it looks like he's on track to be the starter in San Francisco. So who knows? Um, you've heard me over and over again say that you've got a 50% hit rate on drafted quarterbacks in the NFL rounds one and two. And then after that rounds three and on, you have one out of 75 over the last 10 years. And that's Dak Prescott. So I don't really get excited about late round quarterbacks as potential like futures of the franchise. Some people will get excited about that and say, oh, they have the developmental traits to be a starter in the league. I'm like, okay, they have the developmental traits to hold the clipboard, hopefully at some point and be a good backup in their career. That's kind of how I feel about DTR. Adrian, uh, 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 Aiden O'Connell, uh, uh, Stetson Bennett, barely, uh, and, and a few others. I'm not super into late round quarterbacks, not a thing that I'm super interested in in today's NFL, but getting the visit and getting to know them, that's what the NFL teams need to do. And so good to see that. Now, if anybody of those late round quarterbacks is going to catch on, I give DTR the edge because of the mobility that he has. But, you know, would like to see a little bit more of sort of his leadership qualities come to fruition and remain a little bit more consistent. Zach Charbonnet, however, I think would be a perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints. Good receiver out of the backfield. He can run routes. You can line him up in the slot. You can split him out wide. You can use him as a power back in between the tackles. He's great in terms of yards after contact, missed tackles, force, things like that. I love Zach Charbonnet in this year's draft as a draft fit for the New Orleans Saints. I think he'd be a great um, complement both to Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. I think that he could be great in place of Alvin Kamara and in the future in tandem with Alvin Kamara as well. So I really, really, really like what Zach Charbonnet brings. Love seeing the New Orleans Saints get a private workout with him. Then a couple of pre-draft visits, which are usually kind of a moniker for top 30 visits, although not always. Devin Arcane, the running back out of Texas A&M, he's he's actually the more under uh, guy that comes in under the Saints uh, parameters or, or prototype when it comes to running backs, not Zach Evans. That's my, my, that's my bad. My apologies, but still seen as a second, third round guy, big time pass catcher, super explosive player, a lot of speed. I mean, he does a lot of things. Well, 
uh, just a little bit undersized. But um, he's a running back out of Texas A&M, Devin Arcane. So they did a pre-draft visit with him. They also did a pre-draft visit. This is an interesting one with Jason Taylor II, the safety out of Oklahoma State. He's expected to be somewhere in day three. Um, I mean, pretty good nose for the ball. Has gotten after the, the the football a ton in his career, you know, in terms of passes, defense, as well as interceptions, things like that. Good build. I think he's five foot eleven, two hundred and five pounds, somewhere around there. So he fits the Saints mold. I don't know if they reinvest in safety. Uh, you know, I, I mocked uh, Marte Mapu to them as a linebacker, not as a safety. They've invested so much in their defensive backs over the course of free agency. I don't think that it completely precludes them from looking at late round. Uh, defensive backs, but I don't know if safety is a spot that they go. But if they do, Jason Taylor the second, absolutely a name to watch. And then finally, a pre-draft visit with Mozzie Smith. And again, all signs continue to point to the idea that like Mozzie Smith and the Saints, like it's a really, really good pairing in the first round uh, or potentially early in the second round should the Saints shock the world and trade back. So my next thing that I want to look at here to wrap up the show were the draft plans for the New Orleans Saints, and some of which I have a little bit of insight on. But Jordan Reed over at ESPN, you can find an article from him over at ESPN Plus where he kind of breaks down all of the teams, uh, what he's hearing their draft plans are. There's some contribution for the New Orleans Saints from, from Kat Terrell there as well. And so one of the things that he says is that with the early selections in this year's NFL draft, so consider that rounds one and two, that the Saints are going to be looking to address the trenches. This I can confirm. I've heard the same thing. Um, Mozzie Smith and... Uh, Keanu Benton are two defensive tackles that he mentioned in the article. Uh, Osiris Torrance and Steve Oliva are two offensive guards that he mentioned in the the article. So just to further define that, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, who we discussed, likely a first round or early second round selection. Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, very likely a little bit more of a second round, potentially even third round selection, but you'd have to move up from 71 if you're the Saints more than likely to get him. Osiris Torrance is out of Florida, also formerly of the Raging Cajuns over with uh, 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 UL, and he is a first-round prospect at 29. Steve, uh, Steve Avila, another uh, offensive guard, this one out of TCU, also seen as a second-round prospect. So these are four really good fits that are kind of either or. You can kind of pair these. Would you rather Mozzie Smith and Steve, uh, uh, and Steve Oliva in your first, in, you know, with your first two picks, or would you rather Osiris Torrance out of Florida and Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin with your first two picks. To go even further than that, Jordan Reed also mentioned that running back was a sleeper position for the Saints to draft. I, I wouldn't call it a sleeper. I think it's an obvious spot where the Saints should draft. But the two names that he mentioned are two names that the Saints have had visits with, considerable visits with, TCU running back Kendra Miller, as well as UAB running back Dwayne McBride. So that could be a third round selection in terms of running back. So if you're looking at where you would like to see them go one, two, and three, would you rather Mozzie Smith, Steve Avila, and then one of those two running backs, Kendra Miller or Dwayne McBride, or Osiris Torrance, Keanu Benton, and one of those two running backs? If I had to pick between these six and pick some trio of these six, my thought would be Mozzie Smith in one, Steve Oliva in two, and then Kendra Miller in three. Although if I had my druthers, it would be Tulane running back Taji Spears at three in, in the third round if he's there uh, at pick 71. So it's an interesting one. So what I can confirm for you is that the Saints are absolutely looking at defensive tackle, of course, absolutely looking at interior offensive line, and they're looking at shoring up the trenches. I don't think that this draft is going to be too much different than what we've seen from the New Orleans Saints in the past. They're going to want to build the trenches. They want to win on the inside first and then be able to build out the rest. 
So I wouldn't be surprised to see any either combination of this, uh, Mozzie Smith, Steve Avila, uh, or Steve Aliva, excuse me, uh, Osiris Torrance, Keanu Bitten in the first two selections. And then they start looking at, you know, potentially looking at edge rusher, looking at running back, looking at wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, those other spots that are of need for the New Orleans Saints. But they can really get off to a strong start in either of these, either of these circumstances. Um, I would still just put Tajay Spears at three as opposed to Kendra Miller or Dwayne McBride if he's still available at 71. All right. Once again, don't miss tomorrow's episode, not tomorrow's episode, Monday's episode, Mock Draft Monday. Uh, we're just going to go through, do another seven round mock for you. I'll try to improve upon the one that has become my favorite, which is the one that I did earlier today. And we'll try to follow this method here too of going defensive trenches and offensive trenches in the first two selections before starting to see what kind of weapons we can add a little bit later on. Because I do know the Saints also wouldn't mind adding a couple of offensive playmakers in this year's draft. And you definitely don't have to go early in order to find those players. You can still get a hold of them in later rounds, third, fourth round in particular. Got that coming up for you on Monday as we are here every single Monday through Friday here. For all of you everydayers out there, heard from a ton of you. Let me hear from more. Let me know if you're an everydayer checking out the show. Just want to be able to say thank you and say how much I appreciate y'all tuning in every single Monday through Friday. Appreciate y'all as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, for making me a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.